Hebrews 11 in verse 20 says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and he worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. And by faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions concerning his bones. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you that it tells us the truth. And Lord, I thank you that even when uh, we don't feel like we ought to feel, your word reminds us what truth really is. Uh, And I thank you that we get to worship over it, enjoy it today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would take it uh, and translate the poverty of my remarks to each heart uh, as they have need today. And we join in agreement with uh, our brother and sister Charles and Charles and Deborah uh, Ellis over their son, uh, Lee Charles III. Lord, he's out there uh, protecting and serving uh, a community here in South Arkansas, holding back uh, evil uh, on our behalf. And Lord, he was injured in the, in the course of that. And we ask you uh, big prayers for him that you heal him and return him to full health supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, what has been broken will be mended. What has been torn uh, will be repaired and restored. Lord, you knitted him together in his mother's womb uh, in, in the secret place. You know exactly how he fits together. You're not a God of disorder. You are a God of order. And we pray that you put uh, his body back to order in Jesus name. And I thank you that uh, the spirit on the inside of him will sustain him even in physical weakness. And Lord, you strengthen him from the inside out in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for that. So we're continuing our series on living by faith. We've been going through Hebrews 11. Some call it the hall of faith. It teaches us using examples from the Old Testament about faith in our life, right? Remember, faith is a divinely imparted ability from God for you so that you can see, you can see the way that he sees, you can trust him and that you can endure with confidence and you can be truly and fully alive in him. Amen. We've seen that it is needed, as it says earlier there in Hebrews We have need of endurance. We have need of confidence and we shouldn't cast it away. We are like those who have faith and are saved and not like those who draw back and are destroyed. And so today we have just three verses, three verses there in Hebrews, but it covers three different generations and it covers 28 chapters worth of story in the book of of Genesis. So where we've been, you know, we talked about creation and Noah. We talked about uh, Enoch and Abraham as we've talked through these. We're about to hit the fast forward button right here, because when we look at Hebrews eleven twenty, it says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. That's going to take us all the way back to the book of Genesis in chapter 27. In Genesis 27, we find Isaac, and it's a big story there. We're not going to be able to cover all of it. You can read it later, but we're going to cover some very specific parts and touch on a few things. You know, last week we talked about Abraham and Isaac. Abraham was commanded by God to take his son Isaac and sacrifice 
him. We saw how that worked out. Isaac, at this point in the story, is now an old man. Isaac's an old man. His mother, Sarah, died. He married a lady named Rebecca, and they had two boys named Esau and Jacob. They were twins. So Isaac, the young man from last week, is now an old man, and he's married with two twins. And it says he was an old man with dim eyes. And in chapter 27 and verse 1, he calls his son Esau. It says, when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could not see, he called his older son Esau and said to him, my son. And Esau answered, here I am. And he said, look, I am old and do not know the day of my death. So now take your hunting gear, your quiver and bow and go out in the field to hunt some game for me. Then make me a delicious meal that I love and bring it to me to eat so that I can bless you before I die. Right. He's an old man now. He said, I don't know how much longer I have here. What I'd like to do, Esau, is I want you to go kill me some meat, bring it in here, cook it up the way that I like. And I'm going to give you the blessing of the firstborn. It was covenantal. They were going to share a meal together and then he was going to bless his son, his firstborn son. And what we see there in that time was the transfer of the leadership of the family. He's going to hand it over to Esau. In a way, he's saying the Lord, our God has been faithful to me and his covenant is not only with me, just like it wasn't only with my father, Abraham, but it's also with you. And he's going to be with you even after I'm gone. So this is what Isaac says to his son Esau. Isaac's wife, Rebecca, hears this and then calls Jacob, Esau's twin brother, and says, Jacob, listen, here's what we'll do. I want you to go out. I want you to get our two best goats. You bring them in here. I'm going to cook them up right, just like your dad likes. And then you're going to take those in there and you're going to get the blessing of the firstborn before Esau gets back. Esau was due the blessing. He was the firstborn, even though they were twins. He came out first. He got credit for that. She's telling Jacob, this is what we're going to do so that you can receive the blessing of the firstborn. And Jacob said, well, won't he realize, won't dad realize that I'm not Esau? Esau is all hairy and furry and I'm smooth of skin. He's going to know that it's me and not Esau. She said, here's what let's do. Go and get his clothes, Esau's clothes and put them on and I'm going to give you the skin of the goats. And so when he touches you, he'll feel like you're not smooth of skin. Okay. And so we see that happen in verse 18. When he came to his father, when Jacob came into his father, pretending to be his brother, he said, my father. And he answered, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob replied to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how did you ever find it so quickly, my son? And he replied, because the Lord your God made it happen for me. Ooh, he's, he's, he's laying it on too thick, right? That just makes me go, ugh. Anyway, then Isaac said to Jacob, please come closer so I can touch you, my son. Are you really my son Esau or not? So Jacob came closer to his father, Isaac, and when he touched him, he said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, 
but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he blessed him. Again, he asked, are you really my son Esau? And he replied, I am. Then he said, bring it closer to me and let me eat some of my son's game so that I can bless you. Jacob brought it closer to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, please come closer and kiss me, my son. So he came closer and kissed him. And when Isaac smelled his clothes, he blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give to you from the dew of the sky and from the richness of the land an abundance of grain and new wine. May peoples serve you and nations bow and worship to you. Be master over your relatives. May your mother's sons bow and worship to you. Those who curse you will be cursed and those who bless you will be blessed. So see, he speaks over him this blessing of the firstborn, not only of leadership and authority, but also of blessing in the land. You see uh, a phrase in there. Uh, May God give to you the dew of the sky. See, in that area, in that land, it didn't just rain all the time and their crops were watered by the dew of the morning. And it was seen as the provision of the Lord. And he's saying, as the Lord has provided for me, for Isaac and my father, Abraham, that he would continue to provide for you. And even though Jacob in here as a trickster, a con man, this is shady what he's doing. The blessing that Isaac spoke over him was going to stand and be irrevocable. This blessing of the firstborn. Again, he's saying, I'm dying. I'm leaving. I'm not going to be here anymore. But the Lord will be with you. And in Hebrews 11, it says he blessed his sons by faith. And told them of things to come. And he would bless Esau as well. Esau came in. Esau not happy at all uh, that he had lost the blessing of the firstborn. But he did get a blessing nonetheless. There's so much more to that story that we cannot cover today because we have to hit the fast forward button and move on to the next part of what it says there in Hebrews 11. Remember it said by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. We looked at that. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and he worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. Now, this is going to be fun to cover in a short amount of time. Jacob, the trickster, the one we just met who stood in the place of his brother Esau and took the blessing of the firstborn. He gets married and has many children. And of all of his children, he favored one more than the rest. And the one that he favored, his name was Joseph. And Joseph's brothers were jealous that he was favored by their father. And they took an opportunity when they were alone with him and away from home to sell him into slavery. You think you don't get along with your family. They sold him into slavery and they told Jacob, their daddy, that he had died. And to convince, well, they didn't tell him that he died. They said, we found this coat. It was Joseph's coat. And they had covered it with the blood of a goat. Remember, that's he used a goat to trick his daddy. Anyway, covered it with the blood of the goat and said, hey, is this your boy's shirt that we found with this blood all over it? And he said, my son is dead. I'll never be happy again. So they sell him into slavery, tell their daddy that he 
died and off goes Joseph into the unknown. He ends up in Egypt in the house of a nobleman and things go really well there for a time. And then he is falsely accused of an egregious crime and he's thrown into prison in Egypt. And even in prison, the favor of the Lord was upon him and he worked his way up in the prison and ended up getting to stand before the Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, the most powerful man in the country. And he was able to help him with a problem that he had. And Pharaoh promoted him not just out of the prison, but into the second highest position in all of Egypt. This is Joseph, Jacob's son. And in that position... He had the ability to preserve life, not only in Egypt, but in all the region, because they had had seven years of abundance and there were seven years of famine that were coming. But the Lord, through Joseph, provided an instrument of salvation. Well, his brothers, they're still in their own land. They don't have any food because of the famine. They come to Egypt and run into their brother, Joseph. And long story short. The family is reunited. He forgives his brothers. They bring Jacob, old man Jacob, from where he is into Egypt, where he can live out the last of his days with his son that he loves. And while Joseph was there in Egypt, he married and he had two boys, one named Manasseh, who was his firstborn, and one named Ephraim, who was the secondborn. And after old Jacob had moved to Egypt to be reunited with Joseph, he drew near towards the end of his life. You can see a theme going on here, right? He draws near to the end of his life and he calls Joseph in and he wants to bless these boys that Joseph has had. And we're going to read just a little bit about that in Genesis 48 in verse 1. After Jacob gets to Egypt. It says, after this, sometime after this, Joseph was told, your father is weaker. So Joseph set out with his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And when Jacob was told, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel, also his name, summoned his strength and set up in the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and he blessed me. And he said to me, I will make you fruitful and numerous. I will make many nations come from you and I will give you this land as a permanent possession for your future descendants. Your two sons born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are now mine. Ephraim and Manasseh belong to me just as Reuben and Simeon do. Children born to you after them will be yours and will be recorded under the names of their brothers with regard to their inheritance. When I was returning from Padan, to, to my sorrow, Rachel died along the way. Some difference from Ephrath in the land of Canaan. I buried, there, I buried her there along the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So he calls Joseph in and he gets these two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. He said, these have been your boys. You had them before I got here. But what I'm letting you know today is I'm adopting them as mine. They are now mine. You may have other kids after them. Those kids are your kids. These two kids that you had here while you were in Egypt, they are now my kids. He said, just like Reuben's my kid, just like Simeon is my kid, meaning they are being brought in to the inheritance of Jacob. 
And then he speaks over them this beautiful blessing in verse nine. It says, when Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, who are these? And Joseph said to his father, they are my sons that God has given me here. And so Israel, Jacob, said, bring them to me and I will bless them. Now, his eyesight was poor because of old age and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought them in and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again. But now God has even let me see your offspring. Then Joseph took them from his father's knees and bowed with his face to the ground. Then Joseph took them both with his right hand Ephraim towards Israel's left and with his left hand Manasseh towards Israel's right and brought them to Israel, Jacob. But Israel stretched out his hands and put he stretched out his right hand and put it on the head of Ephraim, the younger, and crossing his hands, put his left on Manasseh's head, although Manasseh was the firstborn. We'll get to that in a minute. Then he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. And may they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. And may they grow to be numerous in the land. What a beautiful thing to speak over them, right? But in this blessing that he gave to them, he did something that was unexpected. Now, all of that in there, it got a little confusing, but it said that Joseph, when he brought the boys up, he put the firstborn on his left so that it would be on his daddy's right and the younger one on his right so that it would be on his daddy's left. The right hand seen as the primary hand of blessing. Why? We can go all into it. We don't have time. Right hand was supposed to go on the firstborn. Left hand was supposed to go on the secondborn. They're both getting blessed, but just like Jacob and Esau, one was getting a preeminent blessing. So he brought the firstborn right underneath his daddy's right hand. He's old. He doesn't know where he's supposed to put his hands. Is what Joseph is thinking. I'm going to help him out. But when Jacob, Israel, blessed them, he didn't just reach out like this. He did like this. And Joseph, when he saw it, because he had his head bowed. Remember, he's got his head bowed. Dad's praying. This is so good. And he looked up and he was like, Dad, what are you doing? You got it backwards. You're supposed to do like this. What are you doing like this for? And Jacob tells him, I did what I meant to do. I did what I meant to do. If you look at verse 48 and 21, we'll cover that in just a second. He, he said, they'll both be prosperous, but the younger is going to be more blessed than the elder. And they will uh, carry on my name. These boys will. It's going to live on through them. And Israel said to Joseph, verse 21, look, I'm about to die. But God will be with you and will bring you back to the land of your fathers. Over and above what I'm giving your brothers, I'm giving you the one mountain slope that I took from the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. He said again, I'm about to die, but God is going to continue to be with you and he will bring you back to the land of your fathers. Hebrews 11, by faith. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. 
by faith Jacob when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshiped, leaning on top of his staff. And by faith, our last third leg of this little stretch here in Hebrews 11, by faith Joseph, nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions concerning his bones. So when Jacob died, he was on his deathbed there or near it. He said, bury me with my people. And they celebrated and mourned him for 70 days. And they buried him in the land where Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebekah and Leah were all buried. And so finally, we get to this third piece about Joseph. And that carries us to the last chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis 50 and verse 22. Genesis 50 and verse 22, Joseph and his father's family remained in Egypt. Joseph lived 110 years and he saw Ephraim's sons to the third generation. The sons of Manasseh, the sons of Manasseh's son, Makir, were recognized by Joseph. See, in that third generation. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. But God will certainly come to your aid and bring you up from this land to the land he swore to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So Joseph made the sons of Israel take an oath. When God comes to your aid, you are to carry my bones up from here. And Joseph died at the age of 110 and they embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. Again, common theme, I'm about to die, but God is going to continue to be with you. He'll make a way for you to return home to the land that he promised you, the land that he swore to Abraham, my great grandfather, to Isaac, my grandfather, and to Jacob, my father. He's letting them know that he's going to die there. But when they leave from there, he's like, you're going to go back to the land that's been promised. God is too good to not take you back to the land that has been promised. And when you go, take my bones with you. I want them to go too. And at 110, he closed his eyes and was gathered to his ancestors. So we see this, this little pattern in these, in these few short verses. By faith, Isaac blessed his sons. By faith, Jacob blessed his grandsons. By faith, jo- Joseph spoke of the exodus and gave instructions regarding his bones. Basically, he just blessed the whole crew. He's blessed everybody. And every week when we go through these verses in Hebrews 11, who do I tell you that it's all pointing to? Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus. He's the blazing center of every part of this life of faith. And I want to show you where he is in these three passages. The first one, Isaac, when he was old and he's blessing his sons, Esau and Jacob. Jacob was not qualified to receive the blessing of the firstborn, was he? No. Through nothing that he could even control. He just wasn't the firstborn. He was not qualified to receive the blessing of the firstborn. He knew the father, Isaac, would not give him the blessing of the firstborn. So what did he do? He put on the clothes of the firstborn. He hid behind the name of the firstborn. Clothed himself in the firstborn's garment so that he even smelled like him. Remember? Isaac said, the smell of my son, like a field the Lord has blessed. We, as sinners, 
were not qualified to be blessed of the Father. We were not qualified to be blessed of the Father, to receive His blessings, but we shelter behind the name of the firstborn. Who is that? Is that Stephen? Nope, that's Jesus. We put on His clothes. Scripture says we are clothed in His righteousness. Coming before God in the merits of the Son who He loves, the firstborn Son, who He loved and gave Himself for us. Ephesians says, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. Even smells like Him. We weren't qualified for the blessing of the firstborn. We put on his name, his clothes, and we receive the blessing of the father. And we get to do it by faith and not by lying like Jacob did. Then we got Jacob and his grandsons. First of all, he adopted them as his own. He said, they'll be called by my name. They'll be beneficiaries of the promise under my name along with uh, what came through Abraham and Isaac. See, he didn't have to do that. They were foreigners. He didn't have to adopt them. He chose to adopt them and call them as his own. And so it is with us. We who were afar off, he is adopted, brought into his family. He has given us the spirit of his son, deposited on the inside of us so that with it we can call him Father. And when he blessed those boys, there was one that wasn't supposed to get very much. There was one that was supposed to get a lot less. It wasn't do anything. He was getting that left hand blessing. And when it came time, he crossed his hands. He reached over with the hand of blessing and grabbed one that wasn't supposed to receive and empowered him to receive. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? He crossed his hands. Not only were were they adopted, but they were blessed beyond measure. And then lastly, Joseph. Joseph had been an instrument of salvation for the world at the time. What they considered to be that he had been an instrument of salvation. And then here he was dying. He is the one that has preserved the life of all of them in their eyes. But he would tell them, I was an instrument, not the author of your salvation. God will certainly come to your aid. I'm dying, but he will come to your aid and he will give you the land that he promised. And I'll dwell there with you. And the saints of old echo this to us today. The ones that pass down faith to us. We see them going, but we hear them saying, I'm going, but he's staying with you. He will continue to be with you. He will continue to come to your aid. And when you get to go to the land, I will dwell there with you. These are generational Blessings. I told you we, we saw just three generations here, but they're generational blessings. And what you see is the one who is blessed becomes the blesser of the next generation. The one who has been blessed by the previous generation becomes the blesser of the following generation. And I was looking at that word generation and I realized that the root of it is generate. Generate. 
or to cause something to come about, to cause something to happen. It's another generation. He's done it again. He's causing things to come about. Oh, I loved what Jacob said when he said the God before whom my fathers walked, the God before whom Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. May he bless you. May he bless you and be with you as he has been with me, as he was with the generation before me and the generation before them. And we know, because we went all the way back to Abraham, that it started out by what? Merit? By him doing something? No. It started out by faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise could be sure to all the offspring, all the children. See, we have been spoken over and into. We have been blessed. And it's from that position that we become the blesser, that we turn and speak over and into others. And we know that we have a better blessing to speak of than just living in the land of Canaan, don't we? We have a better blessing than they could have imagined at that point. We have the gospel, the good news. It's by faith that we bless. Now, I got to thinking on this yesterday. I was like, we... We are so eat up right now. I don't want to use the word complaining, but I'll use the word complaining. Complaining about the faith that was handed down to us, right? By a bunch of imperfect people. Generations before us, imperfect people made a lot of mistakes. And what you see is this thing we call deconstruction, which can be good and small things. We talk about that. Hey, I got this. This was handed down to me. Is this good, bad or indifferent? Is this true? Is this tradition? What do we have going on here? But we can get so preoccupied with what was handed down that we don't think at all about what we're passing on. We get so wrapped up in what was given to us or misgiven to us or or given to us incorrectly or unlovingly or ungraciously. We can forget that we now stand in the spot that we're supposed to hand something to the next generation. And I thought, well, God, we do need to talk about these things. We do need to go over things like that. But we can't get so far that away that we forget I've been blessed. I'm to be a blessing. What am I thinking on and intending on to bless those that are coming after me? Because, again, you see the model there by faith. The one who has been blessed becomes what? The blesser. Becomes the one who who then grows old and says, I'm about to die. He will continue to be faithful to you. Just like he was to my fathers, just like he was to the ones before them. The blessed becomes the blesser and the receiver becomes the carrier. And you may say, we're we're almost done. You may say, well, I didn't get any of that. I didn't get blessed by anybody. I feel like I just walked into this thing on my own. Listen, he has blessed 
you. All those things that I talked about, Christ has made those available to you and to me. We bless you. That's one of the reasons we come together to bless one another, to encourage one another in this life of faith so that you keep hearing it and you hear it and you hear it. And faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And then you begin to believe it. Then you begin to become it. And then you can be a blessing. So I want you to consider what was handed down to you. But I want you to much and more considering what are you handing down and what do you intend to bless this next generation with when we have such, such a blessed message to share with them. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can look into stories from thousands of years ago and see ourselves and see you. How you can do that, I can't even imagine. Your ways are higher than my ways, your thoughts higher than my thoughts, and yet I can be the beneficiary of them. I thank you, Lord, that when we weren't qualified to be blessed by you or received by you, we could hide behind the name of Jesus Christ. We could put on his righteousness. As the one song says, when I stand before him and his clothed in his righteousness alone. In your righteousness alone, not anything I've done, but what you've done. I thank you that it's by faith that it might be according to grace so that it can be sure to all of us. I thank you that we were foreigners, that you adopted in, that you gave an inheritance and that you reached over and blessed when you did not have to. You didn't have to do any of that, but you chose to because you're good and gracious and kind and you have loved us with an everlasting love. And I thank you that as, like Joseph, even as we look towards the end of our life, however far that is, we know we're not we know we're not guaranteed tomorrow. But we can look at our life and we can tell others the God that has blessed me will bless you. And I seek a homeland. I don't intend to stay here in Egypt. I intend to go home and you're going to get to go, too. If you stay in him, he will come to your aid and we will all go home together. I thank you, Lord, that we can look afar off and see that promise by faith. And Lord, I thank you that you will as you strengthen us, as we encourage one another and we grow in our faith and we see the great blessings with which you have blessed us, we begin to become those things that you have called us to be, equipped us to be. And I thank you that we are instruments that you can use to bless those who would come behind us. We have such a beautiful message to share. And I thank you that you have given us the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, as we get ready to go today, I thank you that we go in peace and unity together with one another. Lord, as we go into this week, we do so with you in mind. And we ask you to be with those who aren't here with us today, those that are out weak in their body, that you would strengthen them, heal them, and lift them up. Lord, those that are working, that they do so as if they're working to glorify you. I thank you that you prosper them in their efforts. And those that are traveling, Lord, that you keep them safe and you bring them safely back to us. Lord, we pray for our communities when there's a lot of fear and a lot of distress. 
I thank you that you alone have the answer for that. As we read in Isaiah that you cause us to go to go forth with joy and be led out with peace. And I thank you that we can claim that and experience that in you today. And Lord, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in us, through us and around us. Thank you for your great goodness towards us. Thank you for this life of faith that we get to enjoy. There is nothing better. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.